Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Sex, Love, and Addiction. This show was created to provide accurate expert information and support for those seeking insight into the painful realities of cheating and infidelity, sex and porn addiction, as well as the relationship between chronic drug abuse and paired sexual behavior, commonly known as chemsex. I'm your host, Dr. Rob Weiss, a licensed therapist, addiction specialist, sexologist, clinical educator, and author of 10 books on intimacy, addiction, sexuality, and relationship health. This podcast is a forum for discussing sex, love, and addiction in frank, fact-based, informative ways. My primary goal is to bring you clear advice, opinions, and feedback from some of the world's most renowned experts in human sexuality, trauma, addiction, mental health, and relationship intimacy. This show is sponsored by Seeking Integrity Treatment Programs, which are also dedicated to providing expert-focused, highly specialized residential treatment for men struggling with sex, porn, and related addictions. You can learn more about Seeking Integrity and my work there at www.seekingintegrity.com. Now let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome to Sex Addiction 101. I am here once again with my friend, colleague, Tammy Verhelst, who you may know is the person who takes most of the calls when you guys call or email and say, I want some help. And so one of the things we decided to do was to not answer your questions directly, but do some general questions once in a while on the podcast that are coming from you guys. And I asked Tammy if she would be kind enough to sit and ask some questions. Again, not the exact ones any of you have asked because we're protecting your confidentiality, but just to go through some general things that seem to come up often that we want to make sure you guys get answers to. And you know, maybe the experts who are on here aren't going to answer them. So let me give it a shot. So hey, Tammy. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me today. I'm really glad you're here, and I really appreciate your help. Have we collected enough questions to go through a podcast today, do you think? Absolutely. And so often there's a theme to the questions, so I think answering them in a podcast format will be ideal to help get that foundation for people. Can I ask you just a quick question? Like, what is the main feeling you get from people when they call? I mean, just before we get into specific questions. Like, are they sad? Are they desperate? Are they, you know, what? what is the general... I think people are confused, scared. Uh, th- there's a lot of fear. Uh, some feel hopeless. A lot of I, I really feel the fear, though. It's uh, and the desperation. It, you know, they're in loving relationships, or so they thought, and their loved one is acting out, and they're wondering what the heck happened. Or the person is going, "Oh, I really, really want to, you know, love this other person, but I can't stop doing this behavior." So there's a lot of that, uh, a lot of fear of I don't even know what to do. Mm-hmm. How often can you say, uh, do you feel that you hear more often from spouses who are struggling or do you think we hear more from sex addicts who are struggling or maybe a mixture of both? It's definitely a mixture of both. I'd have to say it's probably 60-40 in favor of a partner or a loved one. It isn't always a partner. It could be a parent that has a teen or even younger or an adult child that is experiencing difficulties. Um, whether it's porn addiction or whatever, someone may have uh, read a blog of yours, seen an article, seen, re- heard one of your podcasts or some other format. Uh, you know, often they've read Out of the Doghouse or Sex Addiction 101, and they're thinking, "Oh, this resonates with me. This person may have an answer." They're reaching out to where they think they can find hope and healing. 
Well, I, I know, I mean, one of the reasons we do this, and I thank you for taking the time to do it, is that we know that there are people who just don't have answers to their questions. So, and they're ashamed, you know, it's about sex. They don't want their kids to know. They don't want their pastor to know. They don't want their mother to know. You know, they don't want their doctor to know. I mean, people just, these are just very difficult things. And I think, by the way, you and I, in, in the work we do, we kind of get used to this stuff. Oh, you have a masturbation question. <laughs> oh, you have a porn question. But I know, you know, I do, and I will never forget how hard it is to to take that moment to write that note or, or pick up the phone. It's, it's really terrifying. I agree. And I think there often is a, there isn't support within their community, you know, whatever the community is, you know, their family, friends or whatever. And so I agree with you, definitely the shame and the guilt. But uh, sometimes it is a cultural thing where in their religious community or whatever, it would be very frowned upon and, and viewed badly, but they don't know what else to do. Well, well, why don't we get into some of those questions? Because I think I think hearing the voices of people will make a difference. So basically what we're going to do is Tammy's going to ask some questions that we have altered specifically to not be any of your questions, but to generalize the kinds of questions that we get. And then, um, and then I'm going to try to give them an answer. And Tammy, if you have any direction or information about um, ideas or things you would have recommended to someone like this, toss it out there. I'd appreciate that. Okay. And I, I want to clarify too, I agree with what you just said, Rob that none of these is a specific one-time asked question. These are a combination of questions reformatted. So if you think, oh my goodness, I reached out and this was my question, it was yours, but it was also a whole bunch of other people. So want to make that clear. So two things, and you can answer from either direction. How do I know if I'm an addict or not? And how do I know if my partner is an addict? So I think you know that's one of those, just how do you know? Well, I, th- I, I think for... All addictions, this is a good question. So all addictions are really not defined by how much or what kind. And what I mean by that is people will say to me, well, how much sex, if I'm having sex three times a week, does that mean I'm a sex addict? Or what about twice a week? Or what if I look at porn every other day? And and what I want people to know is there's no standard by which, you know, if you look at sex or are engaged in sex a certain amount, that makes you an addict. Just like being an alcoholic isn't defined by whether you have one glass of wine in the evening or three glasses of wine in the evening, it really doesn't necessarily have to do with quantity. And then people will say to me, uh, this is my long answer for you, Tammy, by the way. And then people will say to me, oh, well, well, what kind of sex is an addiction? You know, certainly if you're into leather or if you're into feet or if you're into men or women or that must mean you're a sex addict. And then I will say to folks, well, does that mean that if you drink whiskey, you're an alcoholic, but if you drink vodka, you're not? Like, we don't really define addiction by what kind, you know, we don't define addiction by what kind of gaming you do at the casino, whether you're losing your money to blackjack or you're losing your money to craps, you're still gambling. So it isn't really defined by, and no addiction is really defined by how much or what kind. Addiction is defined in every area by how how much does your involvement with this drug or substance and or in our, our arena how much does your involvement with this behavior affect the functioning of your life and the things that are important to you? Does it get in the way? So for, let's say, uh, someone who's married and in a committed relationship, and that's a monogamous relationship, they're out there fooling around constantly, and they're getting caught, and their friends know about it, and their wife's about to find out, and, and or maybe they've been caught, and they've had consequences, and they're continuing to do it. Addiction is really defined by if you've have an obsession with a behavior, if it's really driving a driving force in your life, if you realize that you're having consequences as a result of it, like 
you know, I'm not doing well in school because of all the porn or my spouse isn't talking to me anymore because of what I've been doing online or, and then if you are ignoring the consequences, you know, and I, I have a great example of this. I had a, had a client who, his wife was very upset about the amount of porn he was looking at at home. She didn't mind that he was looking at it. It was just how often and how much. So what he decided to do in typical, I think, addict fashion is he just started looking at his porn at work. And so he would just come home two and a half hours late every night. And I think that's very addict behavior, which is he didn't choose to listen to his wife and her concerns or her feelings. Instead, he said, hey, I just want to keep looking at the porn the way I've been looking at it. So I'll just get my wife out of the way and keep looking at it. And so really, addicts are people who make decisions that are not in their own best interests, that are not in the best interests of the people they love or the things that are important to them, because their primary focus in life is getting to the substance or the experience. So you know you're a sex addict if your life is not going well because you're constantly having to cover up where you spent time with sex or because you're constantly having to worry about who's going to find out what you've been doing around sex or because uh, you've already been in trouble around sex, personal trouble, relationship trouble, and you can see it coming down the road and yet you're still out there creating problems that could cause you trouble because healthy people... When they get involved in something and they see it's going to be trouble down the road, they stop or they talk about it. And that's not what addicts do. So I think that's kind of a general, general answer. Well, the other question, Tammy, was what, what if my partner is an addict? I think my partner is an addict. How do I know? And that kind of goes right alongside that. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and I'm going to ask you to, to throw in some about this too, Tammy, but because this one's harder. And the reason it's harder is because addicts lie. So if I'm in a relationship with someone who's a sex addict and, the, and I say, were you looking at porn for a couple hours last night? I, I swear you were up late. And I'm going to say, oh, no, I just got a glass of milk. <laughs> and uh, and then you're going to wonder, gee, was I right or was I wrong? Or then I'm going to say something like, I thought you were coming back on Sunday afternoon from that business trip, but you didn't come home till Monday morning. And then I'm going to say, well, I never said I was coming home on Sunday. And so one of the difficult challenges for partners is that you get gaslighted. You get lied to or manipulated or told that red is green and green is red. And it's very hard for a partner, especially if they're getting close to an addict's actual issue. Uh, it's very hard for that partner to tell if what they see is real, because when you're living with someone who's close to you and they're telling you, no, 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 I'm not really doing this. No, no, no. Don't look over that direction. It's hard to not be confused. So one of the things I think is really important for partners is that they trust their feelings and they trust what they see. And that, well, I'll tell you guys, trust what you feel, trust what you see, and don't stop at no. You know, you if you don't feel comfortable with something, trust what you feel and trust what you see. Go take another look in that computer. Ask someone to, to let you know what's going on at work. I, I have a lot of questions from spouses that, that they will often ask, aren't I being too curious? Aren't I, aren't I not giving my husband or wife enough space to be an honest person and you know, I understand that question. If you know about yourself that you are an unusually suspicious person, if you know that you've been with boyfriends or girlfriends or people in life who've said that you're jealous or you know yourself to be that way, well, you know, yeah, then you might want to think maybe I'm being a little heavy handed. But if this has not been your experience in relationships, that you generally trust your partners, that you generally don't find yourself looking over your shoulder at what they're looking at online, but with this person, for some reason, you just don't feel like things add up, trust your gut. That's that's really the best answer I can give you. So Tammy, do you have any thoughts about either one, about someone who might think they're an addict or someone who might, anything I didn't throw out there? I know I talked on forever, so 
No, I, I think you covered a lot and I completely agree. It isn't about the quantity or the style or whatever. It definitely is about the consequences and how it's affecting you. I hear often of people, like you said, somebody's now looking at porn at work. Well, guess what? Your boss probably doesn't like that. So now they're in trouble at work or they've lost their job or about to lose it or whatever. And so, um, you know, it's definitely about the consequences. Partners, it, it's so challenging. You know that the partner, you know, signed up. If, if it's a marriage, you know, they said, I do. And, you know, they really love this person. And now this different behavior has taken over in some way. And I agree with you. Trust your gut. Trust that something isn't quite right. And, uh, you know, and seek help. I also want to say to partners that um, that sometimes you may be married or involved with someone who has a sexual attraction or interest that they don't, they haven't told you about that may not be addiction. And, you know, sometimes someone is into something that they've just never, they have too much shame, too much embarrassment, or they're afraid you're going to leave them. So I never rule out the fact that someone might be interested in, you know, they might have some interest in men, even though they married a woman, or they might have some interest in leather, even though they like vanilla sex. And maybe they never told you because they're embarrassed, or they thought you would go away or something like that. Finding out hints hints about a, a partner's private sexual life doesn't necessarily mean that they're cheating on you. It may also mean that they have some secrets that they're ashamed of. And so, you know, uh, going after someone with both barrels may not be the best way to approach it, um, at least not initially. But boy, ladies and gentlemen, if you feel like you're being lied to, trust your gut. Hey there. I sure hope you're enjoying this sex, love and addiction podcast. Before we continue, I'd like to remind you that if you or someone you know or love needs treatment for sex addiction, porn addiction, or co-occurring drug problems, Seeking Integrity can help. For more information, please visit our website at www.seekingintegrity.com, that's seekingintegrity.com, or call us at 747-234-4325. Tammy, what else have we got today? Other partner questions? We seem to be on a roll. Well, I'm going to kind of continue on where you just started. So one question that often comes up, my boyfriend husband is looking at porn with men or having sex with men. Does that mean he's gay? Wow, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I sorry. I, I agree with you, Tammy. I hear that question all the time. And um, so, no, the answer to the question is, if you are married to a man and you're a woman and he is looking at male porn or you have a feeling he may have had sex with men, that doesn't mean he is gay. And let me explain that, that just that. So gay is a way of living. You know, I'm a gay man, as probably you guys know by now. I am married to a man. I'm in a male-male relationship. I've been with this man for 17 years. You know, my friends know I'm gay. My family knows that I'm gay. I'm, I'm a gay professional. It's part of who I am. If I was married to a woman and I had an attraction to men and occasionally I went around and slept with them, that doesn't make me gay. Um, that might mean that I have some homosexual feelings or that I might be bisexual. That has more to do with who, with what I'm attracted to. Gay has more to do with how I live my life. So just to put that aside. If you're not known by your friends as a gay person or a lesbian person, if you're not, uh, don't live out loud, as you would say, as a gay person. Uh, if you're living as a closeted person or you're denying that you're homosexual to others, that's not gay. You may be homosexual, you may be closeted. Anyway, you guys don't probably care about all that, but that's a little bit about that. What you really want to know is, ladies, is my husband someone who's really more interested in men? 
than he is in me? That's really the question. Is he going to leave me for a man? Is he really with me just as a sham? Am I some kind of cover for him? Or does he really deeply love me? And is he sexually attracted to me? But he also has this other attraction that he didn't tell me about or that I didn't know about, or maybe that's grown since we've been together. Um, And those are very different questions. So the question is, I found, so I'm going to reframe your question, Tammy. Is that okay? Absolutely. I'm going to say something more like, I found out that my husband has been looking at male porn or may have had sex with men. And I'm wondering if his interest in men is a threat to my marriage. And why doesn't he talk to me about it? Those are the questions that I would want to ask. Because, you know, um, it sounds like, you know, when you say, is he gay or not, it's kind of like a a checklist. Like if he says this, then I got to do that. And if he says this, then I got to do that. And it isn't really that black and white. Um, Our sexuality is very broad. So to answer your question more directly, if you're a woman and you're married to a man who you did not know had, he interest, had any interest in men, and you find one day that he has images on his computer of men uh, engaged in sexual acts, he's looking at male porn, or you figure out somehow that maybe in his past or his present, he's having some kind of romanticized or flirtatious or sexual relationships with men, I think it's time for a conversation. And I think the best thing to do is sit down on a Sunday afternoon when the kids aren't around and say, listen, I found this in your computer and I looked at this stuff and I've seen it more than once and I know it means something to you. Can you tell me what it means? And I think that kind of questioning, that kind of like, I don't know what this means to me. I know to me, it means all kinds of things and it's scary, but what does it mean to you? Is this something you look at occasionally? Is this something that really turns you on all the time? Is it something you wish you had more access to? I mean, that's, there are questions that, you you know, if this is if you're this woman, you're afraid. But I think what you're afraid of is maybe that your husband is, or, or your male spouse is is going to go away because ultimately he's just going to figure out you're not the right one. He really wants to be with men, or that, that he's living some kind of life that you know 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 nothing about. And that would be my greater fear as a spouse. And Tammy, I think you'd reinforce this: is that you know cheating is really about breaking trust. If your spouse says to you before you get in an intimate relationship, you know, sometimes I look at pictures of men and sometimes I get off on men, but honey, I'm really attracted to women for the most part. And I don't plan on acting that out while we're married. Well, then you know that. And so if you saw some male porn, you might say to him, you know, you said you weren't going to do this while we're married. I noticed this. I'm a little worried. What does it mean? I think that's a a reasonable place for a relationship to be. But if you had no idea, if you got together and he never told you that he had any of these interests or would look at any of this or touch a man in any way, and then you find all of this stuff, it's going to be a lot more shocking and and more concerning for me too as a therapist, because I worry about couples that don't talk about things that could, if found out, be devastating to them or their children. How's that for an answer, Tam? It's really good. I, I pictured myself as a partner, though, having to sit down and have a difficult discussion, particularly if that's not topics that you typically talk about, if you're not comfortable talking about sex and having to sit down and talk about, hey, I found this stuff on your computer, what does it mean? So, you know, it's one of those things where I'm thinking how good it would be for someone to get support, even before they have that conversation to help, you know, frame the questions and, you know, be in a supportive place before you have a conversation that will be no doubt difficult, regardless of what you find out. 
You know, uh, you're right, Tammy, and, and I, I forget, you know, I've been in therapy a few years myself. As a therapist, we're kind of encouraged to do that. And I forget that not everyone, everyone has the comfort level of just sitting down and talking about these kinds of things. So this might lead into where do I go for help kinds of questions, do you think, Tammy? And that would be fine, because the, the other area I was thinking was cheating, because you mentioned, you know, what does cheating mean? So that either way. Well, let's let's get to cheating in a second. I, I want to talk about, especially if you're a woman, how difficult it is to find help. And this is just my experience in talking to a lot of betrayed spouses and certainly spouses of sex addicts is, who do you talk to? You know, I mean, our culture has this message to women, like it or not. And it's certainly throughout the dawn of time, we've had this message to women, unfair, untrue, but it's out there, which is if your man is straying, you know, maybe it has something to do with you not doing a good, good enough job as a wife. You know, that's out there. And so almost to a one, women already feel like, I believe, they express to me feeling like um, it's on them in some ways if their husband isn't happy, which is ridiculous, I know, and all that, but there's still that feeling in the air. And then on top of that, do you, who do you go to? If you turn to your mother who never liked that man in the first place, are you going to say, mom, you know, I think my husband is doing this and that. And she's going to say, well, I told you not to marry him. <laughs> and then you go to your sister and she says, you know, I knew there was something funny about that. You know, who do you talk to? And remember, of course, as I'm sure you do, if you're in this situation like this, where you think your male spouse is cheating. If you tell your mom, you tell your sister, you tell your best friend, they'll never look at the man you're with in the same way again. And that's true. Even if you just have a suspicion, right, that, oh, maybe I think he's doing this or that, and then you go and you tell your mom, even if you find out it wasn't true, too late, your mom knows you suspected that of your husband. Even that might be more than you want a family member to know. So then do you go to clergy? Well, I think it depends on how safe you feel with them. And, and I have to say, having worked with and educated and taught clergy for many, many years, I don't know that clergy are always skilled in understanding complex issues around human relationships and sex. Pastors are often more in the business of supporting, comforting, uh, guiding, but not necessarily when it comes to the intricacies of something that you really need an education specifically in. And, and I mean this as no insult to a pastor. I was a therapist for a number of years and I didn't have any education in sexual issues. I didn't know how to treat them, but I was a professional. I had to go and get that education. So it may well be that your best bet is turning to a therapist. And I'm a big fan of CSATs, as you know, Certified Sex Addiction Therapist, because I think we do have a, a level of education around cheating and infidelity that allows us to handle situations like that that are maybe can reduce some of the drama rather than raising it. But Tammy's point is well made, and I want everyone to hear this, is that you do need help. You do need to reach out to her support. If you're reaching out to me or writing letters to professionals, or that's a great start. But I can't tell you how much people who are struggling in their relationships need a friend. You know, just need a friend. Someone they know is not going to tell somebody. Somebody they know is not going to look at them and their spouse and their kids funny next time they go to Thanksgiving. Someone who they know won't hold it against them or make them feel bad. You know, we all could use that neutral friend, but if you don't have one at a time like this, um, honest to goodness, folks, that's what that's what they pay us professionals for um, is to be there for you. And so if you can find your way to a neutral person, that, that would be fantastic. Tammy, do you want to mention the 12-step programs maybe as a support for people? Well, I do, but I also, I, I concur with what you're saying, and I do think it's really critically important for a partner to have that support. Another organization that does a great job with partner support, they train and certify therapists specifically in partner uh, work is APSATS, so A-P-S-A-T-S dot org. 
there's a list of, of therapists there. But I think as you were saying, it's it's somebody to listen, but also to help you unpack those emotions. You, you know, I, I hear the in the emails and calls, they're hurt, angry, all of those very logical emotions to have. So having someone that you can vent and unpack all of that and look at it. And then when it's time to have the discussion with your loved one, you know, you can do it in a, a, a much better frame of mind, so to speak. So, or, or, or Tammy, can I say, or your hated one it could be your hated one at that particular moment. Yeah. And you're right in the moment, you know, it's, yeah. And probably it's both love and hate, you know, so I agree. So, so can you say something a little about, because I know you make this referral so often uh, to 12 step and support groups. Could you say a little bit about that for spouses? Yes. And there are various programs and there is a degree of health in the various programs. So it definitely is one of those where, you know, go cautiously, go to different meetings and and see. COSA is probably the most widely known as a partner support organization for the 12 steps. CODA, Codependence Anonymous is another one. Again, it's it's just a, a name. It doesn't mean you're a codependent. It just it's, it definitely is a place to start. Some people find help in, in even Al-Anon because those meetings are more available and bigger. And you can often kind of blanket your person, your addict's uh, behavior and just say, you know, this person acted out. They, they don't have to understand that it was sexually versus, uh, you know, drinking, but that can often be. And, and with a good sponsor in there, hardly anybody has just one addiction. So often, you know, there are things co-occurring. So if you form relationships with people in those organizations, you'll find the people that have been through the same thing and have gone down that path successfully. So those are all good supports. And I really appreciate you bringing them up. So Tammy is saying there's Essanon, uh, there's COSA, there's CODA, there's Al-Anon. These are organizations that are set up for partners of addicts. And they're really not meant to say you are a problem. They're more about, boy, it must be difficult living with somebody who's lying to you and cheating on you. And you know what? We're a bunch of men and women who have partners who lie and cheat too. And we know what it's like to not have anyone to tell and be afraid to look on the computer to see what our, our, our spouses looked at. And, and we can support you. Uh, I, I can uh, only say to all of you um, in the most... Um, educated way that I can after our 25 or 30 years of being a therapist now is that um, we really learn and grow best with people who have problems that are similar to us. And for example, when I refer someone to an addiction center, if they have a problem with sex, I don't send them to a center that treats mostly drug addicts. Because, you know, if you're the person with a sexual problem and everyone else is talking about drugs and alcohol, you're going to be the pervert. You know, you're going to be the sleazy person. You're going to be the one that no one, you're going to be the person who's most afraid to say what your truth is because um, you think it's the worst of the worst. However, if I send that person to a place where everybody's having problems with relationships and intimacy and sexuality, there isn't any fear. You know, someone says something difficult in their group and someone else says, oh, I did that too, or I'm really encouraged you showed a lot of courage in sharing that. So I say that to spouses just to say to you that what you'll find if you were to go to any of those environments is not people who are going to say, oh, well, there's something wrong with the addict and there's something wrong with you too. You're going to find people who are going to hold your hand and give you a hug and say, I've been there too. Before we end for the day, and I know we're going to, we're going to, you know what, if you don't mind, let me say this to you, Tammy. I want to put these shows in a couple of times a month or so where we bring people's questions to 
to the podcast because I think there's no other really healthy way of having the voices of people who are struggling come here without making people who feel uncomfortable be alive on the air. So if it's okay with you, I want to do this maybe a couple times a month. I think that's a great idea. There are so many questions and I mean, I have a long list, so we definitely have more to follow up on. One of the things I do want to follow up on just quickly with this one, though, is you have, and I understand it, it's typical to have female partner, male addict, but often I have questions from same sex partners where, you know, it's a a gay couple and he is writing about his partner. So just because we're saying partner, I want to make sure that we're talking about any partner of any loved one, you know, regardless of gender. And women act out sexually. I have, and it's important for me to say, in case anyone might have missed that, when I'm online doing uh, support groups on sexandrelationshiphealing.com or or elsewhere, um, I have about 60% women. And mostly women are dealing with love and relationship addictions and really being obsessed with the wrong person. And hey, Tammy, you know what? Let's do a show just about that. I think our next show, we should just talk about, hey, I keep picking the wrong guy. What do I do about it? How about that? That sounds like a great idea. All right, folks, we're so glad you joined us. I look forward. Tammy, we're going to do more of this kind of stuff because it really works, I think, for us. And, And thank you. Thank you. Hi, this is Dr. Rob again. Thank you for joining us today. If this show has inspired you to seek further information for yourself or someone you love, I encourage you to visit our treatment center website, which is www.seekingintegrity.com. There you'll find some useful information about the residential treatment we provide, which I think is some of the best, most useful, short-term effective intensive care you can find for sexual addiction and compulsivity, as well as combined drug sex or chem sex problems. On SeekingIntegrity.com, you can find some useful advice and direction for healing. And don't forget, if you want to write me about this podcast or reach any of my guests, please write me at Rob at SeekingIntegrity.com. I really look forward to our next time together. Take good care.